Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bucks and Six Podcast from Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorf, and I'm here today with my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. In today's podcast, I want to discuss the Eastern Conference playoff bracket. I want to go over our predictions as well as our X-Factors for each series. But before we get started with our predictions, Hirsch, did you watch that game last night? Yeah, you know, it was a pretty interesting game. You know, seeing the Heat jump out to that super early lead. And then, you know, the Bulls showing to be able to fight back, you know, take the lead at that point in the third quarter. And then, you know, seeing the Heat kind of pull it the way, pull away at the end. But I thought it was super interesting how Max Struess went off for the Heat, you know. I don't think the Heat even contend in that game if Max Struess doesn't give you 30 points. I mean, he, that that whole first half, their entire offense was Max Struess. No, definitely. Bam, Bam Adebayo couldn't buy a bucket. Yeah. Tyler Hero couldn't make a shot. I mean, it, it was the Max Struess. Though. The dude turned into Steph Curry for the first half of the game. Yeah, I mean, and Jimmy, Jimmy Butler did play did play a lot better in the Bulls game than he did in the uh, Hawks game, but I can definitely say that I was rooting for the Bulls in that just because I do think that the Bucs would have an easier chance with the Bulls than they would with the Heat in the first round. Well, that's an interesting point that you bring up because the Bucs do play the Heat in the first round, and I personally was rooting for the Heat to win that game. I'm fairly happy with the outcome. Um, I, I think... The reality of it is, I don't think either of the Bulls or Heat stood a chance against the Bucks, but I think that the Bulls play a lot harder than the Heat. At least from what I saw, they played a lot harder. Um, the Heat just don't look like they want to be here right now. They look like they'd rather be off in Cancun. I like just based off of what I saw again. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what you're saying when when it comes to like heart and like when it comes to like the want to be there, but. Like we we have seen what what Jimmy Butler can do in the past couple of years with the Heat. You know they made the playoffs or they made the finals in the bubble, and then they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and they were a, a three point shot away from making it to the finals against the Celtics. And like their team hasn't changed like that much in that span. I mean they still have like their main core of like Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. And yeah, I mean, Bam definitely did not play well in the play-in tournament, but who's to say that he doesn't like find his mojo again in the playoffs? So tell me this then, why why were the Heat a bottom six offensive team this year if they had their same core of guys that they did in previous years, right? I mean, what changed? Why, why were they so much worse this year? They almost didn't even make the playoffs this year. Well, I, in my opinion, I just feel like they weren't able to like shoot, like they just didn't hit their shots. And I mean, you know, they, they pay, they're paying Kyle Lowry a lot of money and he didn't really produce in the way that they were expecting to pay for 30 plus million dollars for a point guard that is injury prone. And when he was playing was not producing. So, I mean, I think they set up their team like somewhat poorly, but. I mean, yeah, it's just a bunch of veterans playing together but it, it doesn't work it, it just didn't work this year um not like it did in previous years and I don't, I don't know what that if that's you know an Eric Spolstra problem or if that's just a bam out of bio going 0 for 9 or I, I personally don't know where to begin with this team but I just don't think they have it I don't think they're ready for this I don't think they're prepared to play a team of the Bucks caliber in the first round and 
with that being said, I mean, my prediction for this first round between the Bucks and the Heat, I'm going to have Bucks winning in four. And I could maybe see a world where the Heat take game one against us because we've had two weeks of rest. We might be, able, might be a little rusty, but I, yeah, I got Bucks in four. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's a, it's a bold take. I mean, I definitely think the Heat have what it takes to take one or two games, push us to six, you know, make the series a little closer than maybe it should be when it, when you when you look at like a 1-8 seed matchup in the playoffs. Um, I know, I mean, like, like I, I want to get behind that, but I just can't, man. And like, I just I just don't see it, bro. I don't see it. I, like, I just don't see it. I don't think they have the firepower to deal with us. I mean, Bucks are one of the better defensive teams. We like to give up threes. We like to take away the paint. And the Heat don't have shooters besides Max Struess. They don't. Bam Adebayo couldn't make a layup. I mean, yeah, we'll let Jimmy Butler get his 25. But if no one else is doing anything for them, they they stand no chance. I'm just slightly worried about, like, their defensive capabilities because they have the bodies to put in front of, like, our main players. But do they? It's, like, not the same. Like, when you look at the team that beat us in the bubble, you see guys like uh, Jay Crowder. You see guys um, – God, who else did they have? They, they had they said so many guys on that team, like just so many like six, eight, six, nine wings that you could just throw on Giannis, different people. And it worked, but they don't have that anymore. They don't have that depth. I mean, they're like, they're throwing guys like Max Struess out there and they have Duncan Robinson under contract. He doesn't even play for them. Yeah. I mean, they're paying him like what, 17 million a year to, he was supposed to be their, like their main shooter. And when they were making those like, deep playoff runs he was hitting his shots and yeah had- Duncan Robinson was the guy and he's just sitting on their bench he can't play defense he's he is the definition of a liability on the defensive side of the ball yeah I agree with that um so Steve what would be your what would be your x factors for both teams in this series well I'll give you my x factor for the Bucks, and my x factor for the Bucks in this heat Bucks series is going to be Brooke Lopez um, and I'll tell you why. As as I was saying earlier, the Bucks uh like to force teams to shoot threes. They take away the paint. They'll make you take contested mid range shots. And Brooke Lopez is gonna basically gonna have to stop the Heat from taking those layups, and make it impossible for them to score on us from fifteen feet and closer. I mean, when you look at what Brooke did this year, he put up like two and a half blocks a game. I mean, he's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. The Heat can't shoot. They're not going to be able to get layups on us. I just, I just, I think if Brooke Lopez plays like the Brooke Lopez we've seen this entire regular season, this game, this series is over in four games. I think it's a good X factor um, for the Bucs, at least in my opinion. Mine would probably be Chris Middleton, just because I do want to. I think it's important for the Bucs to, you know, see how how productive he can be coming off of his injuries, and you know, he he didn't play a lot down the stretch of the season just because they were resting and now they have like a week of rest going into the playoffs. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, Middleton's production against the heat team where he'll probably be having to go up against the Jimmy Butler or Caleb Martin, you know, guys that are somewhat bigger than him, like five, like, like, and like that are like beefy and that have like a solid, like, like strength. So I think that, I think that would be my X factor for the box in this series. Okay, so let me ask you something though. Are you at all concerned about Middleton's health for this playoffs? Yeah, I think I, th- I mean I think it's concerning if you look at like 
the past couple of years and you know he's he's gotten dinged up last year and then he had a couple of surgeries in the offseason and then coming to this year he didn't play a lot and then he missed like the first half and then he missed like the end of the year so yeah I mean I think it's definitely concerning when you look at the fact that he's a max player going into a free agency year and he's looked at to be our closer as well as our like second or third star. Mm-hmm. I mean, we needed him for the the finals run we made. We wouldn't have won that finals without him. That'll, that'll, I'll die by that take. Yeah. And I definitely think that last year we would have beaten the Celtics with a healthy Chris. Agreed that, that, I, that I'll agree with. I don't, I think that we would have beaten them in probably six games with Chris Middleton playing, but I mean, that's just the thing with these playoffs, though. It's always really a battle of who's the healthiest team, at least in my eyes. Um, So back to the X factors. I think my X factor for the Heat in this series is going to have to be Max Struess. I mean, Max Struess is going to have to do what he did in that Bulls series, basically, for them to contend with us. If they want to have any chance at beating us in a series, Max Struess is going to have to give them 20-plus points a game on a ridiculous shooting clip. Yeah, I mean, my my X factor for the Heat would probably be Bam, just because I think he's going to have to contend with, like you said, the size that the Bucks do have in their front court with Bobby, with Brooke, with Giannis. You know, he's going to be having to bang down low with those guys on the boards. Defensively, he's going to have to try to guard them. And I think if Bam does his job defensively, I think he can make it hard for, you know, the Bucks front court to produce offensively and on the glass where the Bucs are so good. All right. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, Should we talk about the uh, Celtics Hawks series next? Yeah. I mean, when you look at this series, um, you know, I, I don't think either of us really predicted that the Hawks would, or would were going to beat the heat in that first playing game. And so not a lot of people really thought that, this would be the first round matchup with the Hawks and the Celtics. Um, with that being said, what what what's your prediction in this series? I think I'm gonna have to go with a Celtics and five. Um, with the reality that I think the Celtics could sweep this Hawks team. Again, I, I think I'm gonna look at it similarly to how I'm looking at this Bucks versus Heat series. I just think that at the end of the day. The Hawks all year. I mean, they, there was this crazy stat I saw about how they were like like 500 with like everything. I think it was like home and away losses. They were 500. Just all year, they were their record was 500. Like, they're just the definition of average. And, I mean, when we, we've seen the Celtics play some top-tier basketball, and it's – there's just too much going on there. I mean, you got you got to worry about Tatum and Brown. You got to worry about Al Horford. You got to worry about Robert Williams – They've got Derek White. They've got Malcolm Brogdon. They've got Marcus Smart. I mean, they've just got a whole plethora of guys that can really just bring a lot to the game. And at the end of the day, I mean, the Hawks have, they've got Trey Young, they got DeJounte Murray, and that's cool and all, but it's just not enough to me. It's it's not nearly enough. Alongside, I mean, Trey Young is, is again, a liability on defense. He, he They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to hide him so well for them to be able to compete in this series. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, and I think the Hawks, you know, I think the story of the Hawks with the, like in the Trey Young era is interesting. You know, I mean, the famous trade where they traded Luka Doncic away for Trey Young. And then Trey Young made the Eastern Conference finals before Luka Doncic made the Western Conference finals. 
And then, you know, the Hawks kind of fell off after that. And then they made their all-in play for DeJounte Murray. And they only get to the seventh seed. You know what I mean? But we've seen Trey Young in the past, in the playoffs, go off and carry a, you know, a, 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 a underrated Hawks team farther than it should have gone, you know, especially with that with that series against Ben Simmons and the Sixers. And then mm-hmm. obviously we had to face them on our run to the championship in the conference finals. I mean, we we know what we know what the Hawks can do. I mean Well the thing is is um when the Hawks went on that run, it was just Trey Young's team, right? The team was built to be Trey's team. Now they have Trey and DeJounte and I feel like and they're in this situation where, like, they don't know what they want to do. Like, how, like they don't know who to run the, the ball through, right? I mean, they're both lead guards. They're both true point guards at the end of the day. It does seem like at times it can be, like, a my turn, your turn kind of kind of offense where one of them's going to run the offense for a couple of plays and then they just switch and the other one's kind of standing around. So I think, I mean, if they can use, utilize their off-the-ball play a little bit more, and have DeJounte slashing and have Trey Young coming off of, you know, screens kind of like a Curry or a Dame. I mean, I think they could find some success against the Celtics team who has struggled, you know, less than they did at the beginning of the year and kind of fell off towards the end when it comes to, like, Plank's elite-level basketball. That's fair. I mean, I know they went through that little rough stretch, I think, right after All-Star break. They were pretty cold, but I mean, the last couple weeks of the season, they really picked it up again. I mean, it's back to kind of that Celtics team that we saw at the beginning of the year. I know Tatum's had some struggles, you know, hitting some shots at the end of the game. His efficiency has been down, but I mean, I'm not too worried about that. I think Tatum will figure it out. I mean, he's a great, he's a great player. Him and Jalen Brown are both great players. They'll, they'll figure it out. I, I think that this should really I would be I would be truly truly shocked if this went past five games. If so, hypothetically, let's say the Hawks do somehow win this series and the Celtics are out in the first round. Do you do you think that you know maybe they think about blowing up the Brown and Tatum combo? Um, you never know. I mean, the NBA is so like sporadic. I feel like, I mean, with how these off seasons go, there's just always something new every day. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, yeah, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I think that's a very good question, though. I mean, it would be it would be crazy to see them lose in the first round and to see how that would affect the outcome of the Celtics roster. Um, who are your uh, X factors for this series? Yeah, you know, I think for the Celtics, it's it's got to be Marcus Smart. I mean, like we talked about, the Hawks have two all-star guards who, you know, who can go off any night. Um, Marcus Smart's a former defensive player of the year at point guard. Um, he's going to he's gonna have to shut down either Trey Young or DeJounte uh, if the Celtics want to, you know, breeze through the series in four or five. Um I could see a scenario or a world where, you know, Trey Young and DeJounte both have it clicking and, you know, John Collins gets it going and the Hawks can win a couple of games and, you know, force the Celtics to play a little bit longer than they wanted to in the first round. All right. Um, I think honestly for my, this is a, this is a more boring one, but my X factor for the Celtics is Jason Tatum. And let me, let me explain why I know it sounds like a little ridiculous, but 
Tatum needs to play like the Jason Tatum we saw in the first couple months of the of the uh, regular season for them to blow you know blow past this team and even make a run for the finals. If Jason Tatum isn't the Jason Tatum we saw for the first two months of the season, this team will not beat the Sixers. This team will not beat the Bucs. They they will have no shot at making an NBA championship run if their top player isn't playing like the top player. You know, I mean they so own. That, that's why I'm gonna go with him as my X factor. They only beat the Bucks last year in that game six because Tatum went off for like 48. And exactly. If Tatum's going to give you 48. I mean, that's he's given them a real shot at winning a finals. Like, yeah. Not just making a finals, but winning one. I mean, they were so close last year. And I mean, they've got another year of experience under their belt. The Celtics are a good team. And as a Bucks fan, I will tell you the Celtics probably scare me the most in the East. And I would say probably by a significant amount. I, I can agree with that take. Um, looking at the Hawks, if they have any chance of winning this series, what would your X factor be? For the Hawks? Hmm. It's a tough one. I think that the X factor for the Hawks is going to be, you know, it's going to be their two big men, John Collins and uh, Clint Capella. I think both of those guys are going to need to utilize their size um, considering the Celtics are more of like a small ball team. I mean, they have Robert Williams and Al Horford, they're big bodies, but they're not as big as John Collins and Clint Capella. And I think if this, if the Hawks really want to win this series, they're going to need to do their best of getting those second chance opportunities with offensive rebounds, just hustle plays. And that's what John Collins and Clint Capella are going to really need to do for them in my eyes. Definitely. Um, mine, mine for the Hawks would be DeAndre Hunter. Um, you know, he was drafted as a top 10 pick in the draft to be, you know, their their lengthy guy on the wing who can, you know, hit a three, play really good defense. And he's going to be the one who's matching up with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, and he's going to have to do somewhat of a good job to contain those guys. I mean, I know you can't really stop them, but if you can contain them, um, that would go a long way in the Hawks' hopes of winning this series. All right, all right. Um. All right, we got the six versus the three seed, the seven or the Nets versus the 76ers. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh this series? You know, I think this one is interesting. I think, you know, the Nets, the Nets play the play the game a certain way where it's kind of like a college team where, you know, they don't have they have like Mikhail Bridges, who is like their their main scorer, but then the rest of their guys are, you know, kind of just all like role players that do a great job at playing at doing what they're supposed to do. You know, they got guys like Joe Harris who can hit a three, Seth Curry, who's a great shooter. And then they got Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, who are great, you know, defensive guys on the wing. And then they got mm-hmm. you know, Laxton and uh, I think their backup is uh, Deron Payne, and he's pretty good too. So, um, you know, I think it's interesting. I think the Nets have a chance to, you know, push this a little bit farther than people think. Um, I know people are very, very high on Joel Embiid, um, putting up 33 points per game, 10 boards, four assists on almost 55% from the field and set the record for the center scoring average in a season. He broke his own record because he had the record previously. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be an interesting series. I think the Sixers should definitely be the favorite and should probably win, but I do think the Nets can make it interesting. Um, see, as fun of a team as the Nets are, 
I don't quite see how this how they win more than one game on the Sixers. I mean, the 76ers have the MVP and Joel Embiid. They have James Harden, who led the league in assists. I mean, they have so much going for them. And, I mean, I just brought up James Harden, but I think he is probably the best running mate Embiid has ever had now that they have a full season together, too. I, I don't see as good of like as fun of a defensive team as the Nets are. I know they have a bunch of role players that all, you know, they all play good defense. But it just gets to a point where what can you do to stop someone who is seven feet tall and moves like a shooting guard? I, I, I don't see how the Nets can can deal with that. I mean, I think the one thing that the Nets do have going for them is, you know, Mikael Bridges' emergence post-trade. I mean, we've seen him put up uh, 26 points, almost five rebounds and three assists in 27 games for the Nets. Um, Very small sample size, though. Very small sample size. It it definitely is, but he's going to have to play like an all-star caliber player um, if the Nets have any chance of winning this, in my opinion. Do you think that Mikal Bridges can really give you that 26 points per game in a playoff series now that he's like, this is like, I know he made it to the finals with the sun, but he was what the third or fourth option on that team. Now he is moved up to the number one. Do you think that as a number one option, Mikal Bridges can, can play like that? I, I do specifically because I don't think that the Sixers have the wing defense to guard him. I don't think that PJ Tucker has the quickness to stay in front of him. And I don't think that, Tobias Harris can stay in front of him either. So See, I'm going to disagree with you though, because I, I remember, I mean, we had PJ Tucker on the box when we won our finals. And I mean, look at what he did to Kevin Durant. Yes. Kevin Durant, you know, he got his points, he got his whatever, but he made it damn hard for Kevin Durant to get those numbers. Yeah. But that was also two years ago. He's not like 37 years old. Like he's like father time eventually does get to you. And he has become the less of an effective player over the past two years with the Sixers and the Heat. I get that, but it's not like he was someone who was getting like crazy or crazy usage in the first place. I mean, he ha- he he goes out there and he has one role. It's to play defense and shoot corner threes, right? Yeah. I mean, how much can really change in two years if that's your role, right? And he's also got like some relatively like good like he doesn't have much mileage on him. I mean, like he came what well, he was overseas for a couple years and then joined the back into the NBA when he was like in his late twenties. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's an attitude thing too. I just remember he he was a gritty player. He he plays hard. He plays hard. He does. He does like he plays like a bulldog out there. You know, he's does the dirty work. Um mm-hmm. what would be your X factors moving into this series for the Sixers? Hmm. X Factor for the Sixers. Um I want to go Tobias Harris here. Um, Tobias Harris, I feel like is someone who typically doesn't quite show up in the playoffs like you'd expect him to as a Sixers fan. Um, and I think he has that capability. I mean, he's a really solid NBA wing in today's game. He can shoot, he can handle the ball a little bit, can play some defense. I mean, he can just do it all. He's like a jack of all trades, you know? And I think the Sixers really want to make a deep playoff run. They're going to need someone like Tobias Harris to get it going and get it going early. Definitely. Um, I like the Tobias Harris pick. I think he's an interesting player. I don't think he's a max player, which is what he's being paid, which is unfortunate for Sixers fans because they had to pay. They chose to pay him. I mean, Um, everyone's making max money nowadays, though. Yeah, but they did choose him and Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler, which in hindsight probably wasn't the best um, choice. (laughs) That is hindsight. 
My X factor would be Tyrese Maxey. Um, I think they found a diamond in the rough with him, uh, putting up 20 points per game this season as a third option on this team. Um, he's going to need to produce extremely well in the playoffs if the Sixers have any chance of you know making it to the conference finals, making it to the finals. Um, we know that Joel Embiid hasn't made it to the conference finals yet in his career, and you know if he's going to win MVP and you know, be considered one of the best players in the league, like year in and year out, he's going to have to have some sort of playoff success. And I think Tyrese Maxey is incredibly important for this team to uh, to go far in the playoffs because they can't just rely on Harden and Embiid to do everything offensively. Mm-hmm. I think Tyrese Maxey is a great team fit for the Sixers, by the way. I, I think he he pairs very, very well with a guy like Joel Embiid. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's – like he's figured out a way to coexist with a guy like Harden too, who is as ball dominant as he is, but also, you know, Max, he's able to find his way into the offense without taking away from James Harden's facilitating ability. Mm-hmm. Do you see a world where Tyrese Maxey becomes the 76ers second best player? Yeah. You know, I can see James Harden becoming, you know, a lot less of a scorer and a lot more of a facilitator. And, kind of know, like a Chris Paul role for the Suns nowadays. Yeah, he might just like, you know, as his career goes on and he gets older, he might just sort of become that like ultimate facilitator. And that would be when Tyrese Maxey needs to pick up that scoring role and go from 20 points a game to 25 to 27 to 29, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who would you pick as your X factor for the uh, Nets? Uh, mine would definitely be Nicholas Claxton. Um, I know at the beginning of the year he was – talked about a lot on, you know, social media as being one of the biggest breakout stars of the season. Um, he's played in uh, amazing defense. He's great at rebounding and score a little bit for a center. Um, and I think he's going to need to compete with Joel Embiid on the boards as well, you know, to try to contain him a little bit and, you know, play some good defense. I know he might get in foul trouble because Embiid's massive and, amazing a lot to deal with for sure yeah but he's gonna need to you know try to stay out of foul trouble play good defense and rebound if the Nets have any sort of interior if the Nets want to have any sort of interior presence in this series whatsoever all right see I I chose to go with uh Mikal Bridges as my X factor for the Nets uh we talked about how he was putting up you know all-star caliber numbers since his trade to uh Brooklyn and I think if the Nets want any chance of, you know, taking this series far, Mikal Bridges is going to need to go and he's going to need to go above and beyond what he did in the regular season. And it's asking for a lot. I know that, but I mean, that's what these playoffs ask for. That's what they demand, right? Your best players are going to have to play better than they play. Definitely. And I think this is a good test for Mikal Bridges to see if he can truly be, you know, that guy or maybe that second guy. Um, and yeah, I just think that this this is a good good test for him. Agreed. So Steve, looking at that final series, uh Knicks versus Cavs. Um, it looks to be in the Eastern Conference to be the closest series we have. Um, both teams have shown, you know, great ability during the regular season. And I know that Donovan Mitchell narrative where he could have been traded to the Knicks but went to the Cavs. And now they're facing off is, you know, big storyline here in this playoffs. Um, what's your what's your opinion slash prediction going into this one? 
Um, I think it goes into six or seven. I I real I don't see a world where one of these teams wins in five or four games. I I just don't see it. Um, and I think it's a toss up. I I truly do. I mean, I think both of these teams have a lot of things going for them. Um. Like, for example, I mean, I really like that the Cavaliers have – I mean, I love their star power. They got Darius Garden. They got Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell was like an MVP candidate this year, I believe. I mean, put up 28 points a game, four rebounds, four assists. Um, He he was phenomenal this year, and they, they have him. I mean, we've seen what Donovan Mitchell can do in the playoffs when he was on the Jazz. I mean, as a rookie, he was lighting it up in the playoffs, absolutely lighting it up. They have Evan Mobley, who's I'm super high on Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be one of the best big men in the league in a couple of years. Um, Jared Allen's just a lockdown uh, paint defender. I, I just, I just, I just love what this Cavaliers team has. And then you have your Darius Garland. I mean, he's he's just such a great young point guard. I, I just love this Cavs team, and because of, I mean, I, I'm going to have to go Cavs in seven. But I think it's going to be a super tough series, and I think it could go either way. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I'm looking at this series. Um, I think it's definitely going to be my like favorite series to watch just because I think both teams are extremely evenly matched. Like you said, I agree. It's a toss-up. Um, I'm going to go Knicks in seven just because I think, you know, getting Julius Randle back off that ankle injury and seeing what Jalen Bronson can do down the stretch – um, you know, he was in conversations to be an all-star, um, and then has now been in conversations to be on an all NBA third team or second team, you know, putting up 24, uh, four rebounds a game and, uh, six assists per game. You know, I think, I think they have what it takes. I think they have the playoff pedigree with Tom Thibodeau as their coach. Um, they've done it before and Julius Randle, being the, you know, game wrecker that you can be with Jalen Brunson orchestrating everything. I think they have what it takes. I just think it's going to be tough to, you know, contain a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Jalen Brunson. I, I'm actually a big fan of his game. I think he's a really good ball player. I just, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. This Knicks team is so gritty. Like, I, I love the Josh Hart trade they made. I think it was a great team chemistry move. And again, it's just a great team fit. He just plays so well with that team. But at the end of the day, I just think that the Cavs have sl- just have a little bit more firepower. So looking at this series, what would your X factor be? Um, so my X factor for the Knicks is actually going to be Emmanuel Quickly. Um, I'm choosing Emmanuel Quickly as my X factor because I think that him being a six man of the year candidate, he's going to need to come off the bench and light it up. He's going to need to put up points, especially against one of the best defensive teams in the league in the Cavaliers, he's going to have to score. They're, they're, it, it can't just be the Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle show. Uh, someone else is going to need to show up, and I think that someone else is going to need to be Emmanuel quickly. I like that. I mean, and I, I like Emmanuel quickly a lot, but uh, mine would definitely be Quentin Grimes. Um, I think Quentin Grimes would, is going to be huge, you know, either coming off that bench or starting at that shooting guard. Um He's a good shooter. He's really athletic, and he showed this year a lot of promise. And I think, like you said, it can't just be the Bronson and Randall show. They're going to need you know some of their role players to really step it up in the series. And he's shown he can play some good defense on a guy like Donovan Mitchell or a guy like Garland if they you know he's matched up on them. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Who would you have as your uh, X factor for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, looking at the Cavs, I'm going to have to go Jared Allen. Um, he's going to have to show great defensive ability and going to be going to have to, you know, rebound really well against a force that is Julius Randle and, you know, Mitchell Robinson, who's been a great rebounder and shot blocker in his, you know, stint in the NBA with the Knicks. So I think it'll be interesting to see how those two match up, you know, both seven footers, both extremely like good at defense and rebounding. Um, not, not amazing offensive players, but, you know, can put up huge amount of points if they're getting putbacks and dunks and lobs and stuff. So I, I got Jared Allen. How about you? All right. And then for the Cavs, I'm going to go with um, Karis Levert for a very similar reason that I went with Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks. That being that Levert was, you know, their sixth man all year and the Knicks, another really, really good defensive team. Uh, they're going to need other guys than just Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland scoring for them. They're going to need someone like Karis Levert to come off the bench and, you know, be fiery, be explosive, get some quick buckets. So guys like Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, again, don't need to do everything. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think like a guy like Harris Levert's super interesting because he's shown that he's like had a hard time being consistent, but, you know, he, he can put up extremely good games and, you know, have a lot of have a lot of points off the bench. Yeah, earlier in the year, actually, when Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland were both dealing with uh, injuries at different times, but. Karis Levert would be the guy they'd sub into the starting lineup and he would, he would take full advantage of that. He would play, he was playing great when he uh, would get his opportunities. Yeah. you know, he, when he's on the court, he's always got a green light, you know, he's never afraid to take a shot. So, um, but yeah, I think that's all we have for today. Um, make sure you like subscribe, download and follow our Twitter at bucks in six FFSN for even more Bucks content. And we'll make sure to give you guys a game recap after the first game of the Bucks first heat series.